You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Baltimoreans. Hello, Baltimoreans. How are y'all doing? Happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day to you. Unless you're a Blue Jays fan, and then, well. (laughs) (laughs) There was no need for that. There was no need for that. The Blue Jays have hardly been an obstacle to us this year, Alan. They beat us three out of the last three. Ah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) All right. Uh, No love for you, Canadians who listen to this program. Please power down your iPhones and do not listen to the really, truly delicious episode that we have prepared for you. It's what you, The things you're going to be missing out on are, are a shame. We're very excited this week to be joined by Lucas Hepner, who is the proprietor of the extremely active Facebook page, Orioles Nation Official, where he's interacting and getting excited about the 2013 Orioles season with fans the world or... And we are thrilled. We've scored a big interview here. This is really uh, incredible. Uh, General uh, Dan Duquette himself. Yes. The, the admiral steering the ship of state that is the Baltimore Orioles will be joining us uh, some point later in the show. Intern Scotty, ladies and gentlemen, really outdid himself, and he has booked Dan Duquette to do an interview on this program this evening, so stay tuned for that. But first, um, Sam, I have I have a statement for you leading off episode 57. Lay it on me. Which is where we find ourselves. Um, and that is this. Chris Davis is having an excellent season. Fact. So excellent that today, July 1st, 2013, was the day when, apparently, the entire baseball community decided it was time to start prognosticating on just how absurdly well Chris Davis is playing. Okay. Um, it turns out that he's doing so well that 57, or number of 57 episodes we've produced so far, was the expected number of home runs that Chris Davis was on pace to hit going into this weekend. My goodness. However, that is a crazy number, but it's also (laughs) already obsolete. (laughs) Because after hitting three home runs in the last two games against the Yankees... Ah, yes... Davis screwed up the intro to this show, <laughs> as well as changed his entire pace. But now on um, depend anywhere between 59 and 61 crushes, depending on how you crunch the numbers. Now, 61 home runs. It has a certain ring to it. Uh, where have I heard it that before? It sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that were Chris Davis to hit 61 home runs in this, the year of the pitcher that he would be the record holder with Roger Barris of the most home runs legitimately hit in a Major League Baseball season. That is, if he himself is not using any steroids. Fortunately, (laughs) we now know that he's not because someone asked him about it. Oh, did they? Twitter user MichiganMagic1 tweeted at ChrisDavis underscore 19, are you on steroids? Question mark. (laughs) Chris Davis underscore 19 replied, at Michigan Magic 1, no. <laughs> so I feel better. <laughs> That's And feel that as he is on pace to potentially hit 61 home runs, we can put him potentially on pace to obliterate a record that has stood for many years and in some ways is still the holy grail of professional baseball, even although it was eclipsed thrice over by a bunch of dirty, rotten cheaters. (laughs) 
Well, that is about as unequivocal a response as you could hope for from Chris. It's out right out there. 57 is also an American number, uh, as so many of the numbers we've cataloged. <laughs> startling cataloged number, in fact, so far. Um, being the digits that define the H.J. Heinz Company, uh-huh. which has the distinction of using more tomatoes than any other company in the world. Hmm. Did you know that over 2 million tons of tomatoes are being processed every year by H.J. Heinz and Co.? I, I did know that, actually. However, the Heinz Company <laughs> didn't get its start with ketchup. Rather, Mr. H. began his illustrious career with horseradish sauce in 1869 and didn't introduce ketchup into, into the lineup until multiple years later. Nearly 100 years after that, a woman from Mozambique named Teresa married into the family and, after her husband was killed in a tragic helicopter accident, went on to marry someone named John, uh, and then funded his entire bid for presidency in 2004. What? Oh. Teresa Hines Carey oh. is still worth something in the neighborhood of $200 million, or half of the Orioles. <laughs> that was a very good head fake, Alan Smith. <laughs> um, did you know she was Mozambican? Uh, no, that that's why it was a good head fake. Also on this day, July 1st, uh, 2013, well, I should say, also on this day in history, July 1st, Lady Saigo, the first consort and trusted confidant of Tokugawa Ieyasu, the samurai lord who unified Japan at the end of the 16th century, took strike three looking and was retired in the year 1589. Also on this date in history... <laughs> I mean, she died. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you, you you did lose me on that one. <laughs> on this date in history, Luke Rothwell Beauregard was born this morning at 4.45 a.m. Hey! <laughs> Congratulations to both his parents, uh, and I look forward to taking him to his first Orioles game. <laughs> you know, Alan, I, I want to say something about these intros that you that you <laughs> put so much heart and soul into. And I mean this sincerely. I come out of them better informed... <laughs> About the America in which my beloved Orioles play, and I I, I appreciate that. That's why we're uh, we're we're up for um, a bunch of funding as a public service education program. Now, don't start lying to people. And <laughs> when I'm sitting here saying all these nice sincere things to you, <laughs> as you revealed yes. there, you had planned to talk about the fact that Chris Davis was on pace for 57 home runs right. before this weekend. Right. That means that you prepared this intro well in advance of this evening's recording date. It, well, when you're crunching as many numbers as I'm crunching in these introductions, <laughs> you got to get a You got to get a lot of lead time in there. I I appreciate your initiative although it's going to make me look very bad <laughs> because my preparation level as we cruise into the second part of the program here is not nearly as robusto. But you did plan a lot for Dan Ducat, right? Oh, oh. Oh. I didn't do a, a shred of work. <laughs> okay, good. But intern Scotty. He's on it. He is all over it. He's, we really we really don't want to look bad for this interview. No, no, no. We all really right. don't want to look bad. And I want you to know that when it comes around, even though I didn't prepare well, I'm going to be very <laughs> present and and I'm just really, good, good. really not going to screw this up for us. Excellent. Okay? Excellent. All right. Uh, well, Alan, before we get to Duquette, uh-huh. boom, poetry point. <laughs> Where is that goddamn bell? <laughs> there it is. Why do we, we use that bell so much and we always keep it in the most hard to reach place? 
Uh, no, don't don't put it next to your inhaler there. Because if you get those confused, that could be bad. <laughs> Take a huff off a bell. No one wins. <laughs> Nobody wins. Um, well, uh, there's a little bit of uh, news, as there often is. <laughs> Which, as always, we're some, some, some narrowly ignoring. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I did want to just note briefly... Um, a couple of uh, items mm-hmm. going on here. One of them is a report from uh, June 30th, or yesterday, in the parlance <laughs> of our times, on uh, MLBTradeRumors.com, saying that the Orioles and Matt Wieters are very far apart in extension negotiations. Oh. And there is a belief, according to the sources of one Buster Olney, huh. that uh, Wieters has pretty much decided he's going to play out this year and then uh, play through next year, and then uh, be a free agent. Try the free agent waters. For the 2015 season. I will say this. I would have liked that a lot less than that last year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's kind of an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. Because to me, I think what you have to do here, if you're the Orioles, is you have to treat it like an Albert Pujols situation. Now... Before people start getting enraged <laughs> and throwing their iPhones in the river. Uh, I'm assuming, by the way, that everybody's listening to this on iPhone. And apparently walking next to the river. <laughs> I'm assuming that people live their life, as I do, uh, by the sea um, and uh, with high-end electronics in their, in their pockets. Um, I think I'm not, I don't want people to have that drastic response because I'm not comparing Matt Wieters to Albert Pujols in terms of offensive production if i did that i would have even less credibility than i already do (laughs) if that's possible but what i am saying is weeders is arguably a cornerstone of the franchise when you look at the sum total of his contributions the way he works with the pitching staff his attitude the mind meld that he has going with buck showalter the way that he controls the running game the amount of offense that he does bring to the catching slot in the batting order which is more than most teams can hope to claim, he's an incredibly valuable player. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to break the bank to keep him around. Right. And if you pay him more than somebody who's producing the way that he is is worth, then all of a sudden you've signed a catcher Mm -hmm. who we have discovered is not the offensive player we thought he was. And is not a position that necessarily equates to longevity right right um we you then and who doesn't hit well enough to transfer to first base or to dh you're then uh paying him an amount of money that halfway through that extension you know it's going to hurt so i think what you have to do if you're the orioles is you have to make him the kind of offer publicly and we'll have to ask dan duquette about about this Hmm. um you have to make him the kind of offer where it gets out publicly that we have said to him, here you go, Matt Wieters, we'll give you a six-year, let's say six-year, 60 million contract extension. Take it or leave it. Uh, We want you to be here. We we really value what you do. Um, And and here's a contract extension offer. At that point, I think if Matt Wieters turns that offer down, he's the one that looks bad, not us. That's true, uh, and and we saw very much what happens when you know uh, someone like a Pujols walks and then is not able to keep up the production that made him so stellar in the first place. And I think that uh, I do trust <laughs> Mr. Duquette and the front office to have a good sense of what Matt Wieters can produce, and I think he may have hit a slightly lower offensive ceiling than we were all hoping for. Yeah. Um, 
it would be you know as one of those those uh, building blocks that we were supposed to be building around for a long time. It would be a shame to see him go, but I think that if 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 we're halfway through next season and we haven't gotten anything for him, I think we could move him for some pretty good pieces on the way back. And now that's interesting because next year it's his walk year. You assume he's a Boris client. They seem to have this preternatural ability to put up disgusting offensive numbers in their walk year. (laughs) If his offensive numbers spike, do you sell high on him and bring somebody in knowing that he's guaranteed to regress back to the level that we know uh, seems to be his true. Well, do we think he's now he, he's now floated at his at his true outcome? Do we think that that it, he is in fact at his ceiling? I just I think it's too many plate appearances at this mm. point. Uh, I mean, he plays especially for a catcher. He plays so many games. Yeah. he's got so many at bats for a catcher in particular. And I think if all of the vaunted uh, batting average and power were going to show up, they'd be here by now. Now again, I love Matt Weeders. And I really want him to stick around. Well, he has the power. The power's there, but they were talking 35 home run power but when he was a prospect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a name here. Okay. That may be a red herring. Mm-hmm. How old is Matt Wieters? He is, I believe, 26. Right. So he's right in Chris Davis' age. That's true. I mean, the, 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 there are still people who make a jump, I guess, in the 26 to 28 range in terms of their hitting. Mm-hmm. And because he does fill literally every other niche that you could possibly want out of a catcher. Right. I mean, with bells on. Yeah. Um, it seems like we shouldn't do anything rash. Give him another full year right. to this point next year before we talk about doing anything crazy. Well, that to me is why you make him the six-year, $60 million offer. Right. Is and you be say, happy with it. There's at least a chance that he's going to break through and reach that level we thought he was going to, but it seems much more likely at this point that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So you make him that offer, you ha- you maintain credibility as an organization, and if he does reach that level, you're getting production at an incredible value. Yep. Now, speaking of moves, okay, uh, the names of starting pitchers that are going to be available this year seem to have crystallized. Okay. Uh, and those names are, and I'm sure I'm leaving some out, but the ones that I hear the most in my perusal of the internets, are Bud Norris, Ricky Nolasco, Matt Garza, Giovanni Gallardo, Scott Feldman, and the J-Man, the Sondy man himself, <laughs> Joe Saunders. Now, uh, uh, of those guys, Alan, who do you want? Uh, let's see. Let's assume you can have one. Okay, I can have one. Um, I think... Giovanni Gallardo is bad. Okay. I think he's having a bad season. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that a change of location gets him going again. Yep. Especially not a change into the AL East. Yep. Um, I think that I'm not interested in Joe Saunders' retread. Uh, I think it comes down to me between rolling the dice on Bud Norris and assuming that he's the kind of guy who you can keep around an organization for a while. Yep. Or taking the fairly tried and fairly true American League East success of Garza. Yep. Yep. I think I'd take Garza over Norris if if I were if I were given the the straight up option. So it comes down to it you want Matt Garza above that above the rest of the guys in that field. Yes, I think right. so. Ring the bell. Now it's the agreement bell. 
<laughs> because I agree with you. <laughs> it's a multi-talented bell. <laughs> now, I'll talk more about this in the uh, interview with Lucas Hepner later in the show. Um, but I think you can get Matt. I think you also have to look at which of these teams can we offer something that they need. Right. And that isn't going to hurt us too much to give up. Yeah. And so for my money, you look at the Cubs. The Cubs are rebuilding. They need they need young players and capable team controllable major leaguers. We've got some of them. We could make a deal with the Cubs. The Cubs are also looking to unload salary. Um, Lord the, knows we got a, we got a lot of reclamation projects in that uh, in the cavalry. <laughs> you sure do. You sure do. Uh, the other thing is when you look, I think just taking a look at the stats that all these guys have posted so far this year, Garza and Norris are the only ones, in my view, who have anything to really recommend them. Yeah. Um, Nolasco has only had one season where he has given up fewer hits than innings pitched. Mm. Gallardo, right now, has a career-high ERA and a career-low strikeout rate. Mm. That does not bode well. That's not good. There's a lot of innings on that arm. Yeah. Um, Scott Feldman uh, has a very pedestrian strikeout rate, and his batting average on balls in play... I don't know how many of our listeners go in for that kind of thing, but it is abnormally low against the rest of his career numbers, which is the reason his ERA is abnormally low. Um, Joe Saunders has never posted good peripherals. The only <laughs> thing Joe Saunders has going for him is that he it, he was nice to have around last year. Yeah. Um, which He's a local boy. Yeah. And by the logic of this program, that's enough to bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> he could also... It, it's worth saying he could also be had for almost nothing. Yeah. Um, but Garza, to me, is the only one who really, and except for the injury, he's young, he's 29, it's his walk year, so he's got a lot to prove. He's excelled in the American League East. He's never posted an ERA over the course of a full season above four since 2006, mm. and he strikes guys out. We don't have any starting pitchers that really do that. In your perusal of MLBTradeRumors.com, Yes. Who else is in the Garza sweepstakes, though? It seems to me like people are somewhat uh, cautious hmm. about about Matt Garza because he's coming off the injury, and well, also I would I would be willing to take that risk. <laughs> I, that's that's a gamble I take. I yep. think if I'm giving up a lot of pieces, I want to go Matt Garza because that's the highest chance of a solid return. If I'm going low stakes, then you know. I, I guess I go Joe Saunders again and just figure he's going to eat innings. Um, because because these other guys are putting up stats that are going to require us to give up way too much for something that in return over the long run is not really really going to bear out very well. But I like it. you know who's going to know more about this than we do, Alan? Ah, well, significantly more. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that we may be poised to ask Dan the Man Duquette some of these questions. Let's ring the Dan bell. There we go. <laughs> Sounded a lot like the other two bells. No, I, there's a there's a there's a slight difference to it. Yeah, there, I, I, can, I can hear it now. I there, can hear it now. There's a kind of a, a, a veiled intelligence uh, to the Dan bell, and 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 that is an excellent an excellent way for it to sound because there's a veiled intelligence to Dan Duquette. <laughs> Sometimes it appears to be a thick veil. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and he is going to share that intelligence with us right now on the show. And, Alan, uh, I'm really excited about it. But Me I, too. I did just, um, I looked up this really great uh, Southwestern steak marinade on, uh, on the Internet recently. What? And I haven't eaten dinner yet. So if you wouldn't mind, I'm just going to run out and put that together. 
Um, and then, because he's going to call us in in a few minutes, right? Okay. Uh, let, let's maybe we should just take a short break. You can go get your marinade thing on, and we'll, yeah. we'll come back with with Dan Duquette. Yeah, yeah, I promise. I promise I'll come back in time. All right, sounds good. You're listening to Baltimoreans, but Moron Nation. Uh, as Sam and I mentioned earlier in the show, we're really thrilled to be joined on the line this evening by Orioles Executive Vice President of Baseball Operations, Dan Duquette, but I'm not sure where Sam has gotten to. So I guess I'm just going to have to fly solo on this one. Um, one second. Okay. Dan, are you there? Alan, it's a pleasure to be here. It's never too early. I want you to know it's never too early to learn that the people you love are always the ones who let you down. Uh, thank you? You're welcome. You know, I've been through a lot, and I've learned a few things. In fact, if they ever make a movie about my life, it's going to be called Duquette's Regrets. <laughs> uh, really? That's, that's odd. Um, that happens to be this name of Sam's fantasy baseball team. Who is this Sam person you keep referring to? You know what? Um, he's not here. Let's just, let's just, never mind. We'll just move past it. Mr. Duquette, um, first of all, thank you so much for joining us on Baltimoreans. We're really honored to have you. Uh, let's start out with, can you tell us a little bit about the decision that you have to designate Travis Ishikawa for assignment? That must have been tough. Well, Alan, you always hate to lose a guy who once posted a 357 on-base percentage for the single-A Hagerstown Suns. You do? Of course. Since I took this job, Alan, I've been very consistent in my view that this team needs to improve its on-base percentage. Well, sure, but with all due respect, sir, uh, with, with, with Chris Davis, Manny Machado, and Nate McLeod, outside of them... The rest of the team is only posting, like, an OBP of 294. Does that worry you at all? Not at all. Are you aware that Danny Valencia posted a 351 on base percentage for Minnesota in 2010? But that was in only 322 plate appearances, and his highest mark since then is exactly 294, the Orioles' average. We're confident that Danny Valencia will be a valuable contributor to this organization. Okay. Um, Isn't that what you said about... Omar Quintanilla? Ah, yes. Omar is one of my favorites. He himself had a 350 on base percentage for the Mets last year. Okay, sure, but that was, again, only in, in 29 games. So, you know what? Never mind. Let's move on. Next question. Um, I think that a lot of Orioles fans were very intrigued by the fact that the ESPN cameras in last night's Sunday Night Baseball broadcast zoomed in on Peter Angelos, who was very conspicuously seated in the owner's box at Orioles Park. Don't you think that it's a little bit disingenuous on Angelos's part to be completely reclusive and unaccessible to the fans and media most of the time, but then suddenly show up to be the owner's box when the team has a game broadcast on national TV? The law offices of Peter G. Angelos is one of the first law firms in the United States to accept and litigate asbestos cases, and ultimately... Our personal injury attorneys obtained recoveries for thousands of workers suffering from mesothelioma as well as for their families. Our Baltimore personal injury lawyers also represent many people who've been um. diagnosed with asbestosis, 
lung cancer um, Mr. and other Mr. Mr. Duquette, related cancers. It it sort of sounds like you're literally just reading the marketing copy from the website of Peter Angelos's law firm. The law offices of Peter G. Angelos were also among the first to move against the lead paint industry. Our Delaware personal injury lawyers stand ready to take on big business, yeah. protect the rights of everyday yeah, it, working men and women. It still it's sounds like best. that's exactly what you're doing. You're just literally reading the marketing copy from his website. Ha 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 ha. Uh, okay. Um, why are you laughing? Be- because having a fun, lighthearted interview, Alan. I-, I have a wonderful relationship with the local media. The- uh, d- do you know, Mr. Duquette, what kind of show this is? Ha ha! Ha ha! Ha ha! Alright, you know what? Let's just move past that one as well. This whole segment was Sam's idea anyway, and I don't know where he's gone, so, um... Can I, can I give you guys a suggestion for the show? You know what? I'm gonna regret this, but sure. Well, I, I don't know if you know this, Alan, but during my prolonged hiatus from baseball after I was fired, despite the fact that I headed the front office that returned the Boston Red Sox to relevance after years of subpar performance, I had a number of odd jobs to pay the bills, one of which was program director at a small community radio station in Tucson. And while I was there, I learned a number of things which folks in the radio industry call tricks of the trade. Um, I think that every person in every industry calls them that, but please continue. One of the tricks of the trade we used to deploy on KXCI was to use puns as a fun way of keeping the mood bright and jovial. And I think you've got a great opportunity to use a few puns on this show that would really, really delight your listeners. Sir, um, did you bother to look at our website at all before you came on this show? We're essentially a running pun festival disguised as a baseball podcast. Well, here's the idea I came up with. Let's say you want to tease a segment for your listeners. You know, tell them something that you're going to talk about on the show in a little while and and you want them to stick around until you get to that part instead of switching the radio dial to something else. Uh, Again, sir, this is not a radio show, but let's let's go ahead and see where this is going. What you do is, since the show is called Baltimoreans, you say something like, Today on the show, Dan Duquette reveals something scandalous about his past, but more on that later. Uh... And this was the trick of the trade you wanted to pass on to Sam and I. That's right. It, it was. Oh, See, great. Because you normally you, you would say, but more on that later. Right. But, but since your show is called Baltimoreans, you can, uh, you know, you could do something with well, that. Well, we will certainly keep that in mind. Um, just while we're here, anything else you'd like to add for our listeners to our non-radio podcast? Well, you know, Alan, it's not often I get to do radio interviews these days, so since I've gone and teased the idea of me revealing something scandalous from my past, I'll go ahead and tell you that during what, again, was a very long and sometimes dark period for me between jobs in Major League Baseball front offices, I held a number of non-baseball-related positions, some of them respectable and upstanding, like my work at the radio station, but some of them... uh not so much. I'm going to regret asking this, but um, what are you referring to? Well, let's just say there's a bar in Elkhart, Indiana, where I'm known as Dungeon Master Dan. 
and and that's not because I orchestrated fantasy card games, Alan. Oh my God! So again, Alan, it's why I say you think you can trust people. You think you've built something with someone, and then inevitably they just oops. Oh, oh my! Oh, I'm so sorry, Alan. I've got to go. I've just been informed that Ryan Spillboards is willing to sign a minor league deal with us. Why on earth would you possibly want to sign, Ru- uh, Dan? Dan, oh God, he's off to sign, sign Ryan's billboard. Well, uh, great. There he was, ladies and gentlemen. Baltimore Orioles executive vice president of baseball operations, Dan Duquette. I sincerely hope that we never have him on the show ever again. Alan, how's it going in here? I got the steak marinade going. Everything is good. I'm ready for the Dan Duquette interview. It's going to be fantastic. It was terrible. What? Well, no, it hasn't happened yet. It was terrible. We just lost. Not only did we just lose Dan, um, but apparently the newest Baltimore Oriole is going to be Ryan Spielborg. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Wait, did you just talk to... He's an idiot. Wait, you're saying he already called? You already talked to him? Not only did I already talk to him, but uh, I'm afraid that Ryan Spielborg is going to be the next big Dan Duquette move for organizational depth. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's worse than we thought. We should probably never have him on the show again. No, that was that was terrible. Oh. Well, I was going to apologize for being out of the room, but now I'm not sorry. No, it's 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 for the best. Okay. Well, let's talk to somebody who who actually has a brain in their head and has some semblance of what the Orioles are going to do for the rest of the season. Let's let's get on the line with Lucas Hepner, uh, the proprietor of Facebook.com/OriolesNationOfficial, and see what he has to say. Thank God. morons we are now on the line with our very fine guest for the evening the proprietor of the facebook page orioles nation official over there at facebook.com slash orioles nation official his name is lucas hepner and he joins us right now on baltimoreans how are you doing sir hey guys i'm doing good thanks for having me yeah we're uh, we're very pleased to have you on you have got an extremely extremely active facebook page going on how did you uh, how did you get involved with doing that well, um, I've been a Orioles fan for, you know, forever, and uh, there there wasn't a huge presence for a lot of interaction with uh, other fans, so I decided to make myself a, a Facebook page, and it pretty much started from there pretty quick. That uh, that sounds a lot like the origin story of this program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it 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 started off one day. I had like ten, ten fans. And then from there, within a week, I was up to a thousand, and Whoa. well, the rest is basically history. So the uh, we we learned from this that there were uh, a, a large number of Orioles faithful just waiting, just waiting for someone to make that move, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, huge. It was crazy. Now I have a question for you. Did you mm-hmm. start this Facebook page in what Sam and I call the Dark Ages, before the Orioles suddenly became relevant again, or uh, was was the interest did the interest coincide with a good baseball team um i i probably i mean like i said it started this year so it'd be with ah, a good baseball so only yeah 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 excellent excellent 
Now, that, that makes it sound like Alan is trying to call you a poser. No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did, too. <laughs> but, yeah, it started uh, um, probably about uh, three weeks, I think it was, before um, spring training started this year is when I started the group. When I did a search, now this could just be my own personal Facebook algorithm that uh, the National Security Administration has tailored to my interests. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yours came up before the Orioles' actual official Facebook page, which I thought was yeah, interesting. Somebody, um, somebody's told me that before, too. Yeah, well, well played. Pretty, well played, I think sir. They go by how many people are um, like talking about your page or have said something about your page or like something on your page and uh i don't know i think our page is more more active than oral's actual pages yeah, yeah. well and it says official right in the title so <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't you be go. surprised <laughs> all right lucas yeah. well uh earlier today i sent you three questions about the 2013 season uh, right. And we thought as somebody who is engaged with Orioles fans and engaged with the season in such an active way, uh, you might be qualified to answer these questions. Okay. So the first question we threw your way was, what do you think it is that makes an Orioles fan different from all other baseball fans? Okay, so you've kind of touched on this already. It, it depends on what kind of Orioles fan we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> Are we talking about somebody who has just become an Orioles fan? Right. Or somebody who's been an Orioles fan for at least three years? Right. Um, I, I'm going to say about me, someone who's been an Orioles fan for many years, what makes me different than, let's say, uh, we'll compare him to the, a Yankees fan. Oh, yes, let's. <laughs> <laughs> I think that pretty much sums it up with one thing is we're basing – what we know about the Orioles and our love for the Orioles on what's happened, you know, in years. What's made us a strong Orioles fan is we've been pretty much not a great baseball team for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Compared to the Yankees when, you know, like how we just swept the Yankees. Oh, we, yes, we, we did. Make, we make any um, inclination about that. A Yankees fan says, says well, we don't have our best team out there right now, you know, but we have 27 world series championships. Right. That number. Yeah. Uh -huh. they, they just keep throwing that out. No matter what you say about, you know, their team, they just throw that out. You can bash our team because we'll bash them right back with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we've been through it. Well, and when we said, you know, we never said, <laughs> Uh, to Yankees fans when they were beating the bejesus out of us uh, right. <laughs> during those 14 years. We never said, oh, well, we don't have our best team out there because exactly. there did. was no best team. There was no best team. <laughs> and the team is, you know, everybody on your, actor, on your roster. All right. So of, of all of the most excellent Orioles storylines so far this year, uh, which I think there have been many, what would you Me say that your favorite uh, – what, what, what's the one, that I guess, that makes you smile the most? And, and why, know, why mean, do you love it? Obviously, you know, a lot of the Orioles fans, you know, um, which he should get all the respect in the world. I mean, most people would say that Chris Davis. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. he's, he's tearing numbers up. But I don't know. I, I love I love that because obviously it's bringing a lot of light to the Orioles, which, you know. <laughs> nice to see. Finally, <laughs> good to see. Yep, helps but, out the Facebook page and the podcast. What's not to like? <laughs> but my the storyline that I like, the most that um, had gotten a lot of light is the whole Manny Machado. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because um, me as a fan, you know, where I live, one of the farm teams, the Delmarva Shorebirds, mm -hmm. oh, is nice. maybe about 20 minutes down the road from me. 
and he was a huge player for the Delmarva Shorebirds for so long. Right. So it's great to see him up there doing the same thing he was doing with the Shorebirds. Yeah. It's not like his numbers just automatically got good. Right. He's been that good since he's been with the organization. That's crazy. I mean, the stats, the doubles, it, it's been there. It's just not – just didn't come from – The defense. You know, left field like Chris Davis. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and the thing I, I've, I really love about, uh, about Manny and the, the storyline around Manny too is that we have not developed an actual – all-star perennial MVP contender of the type Manny seems to be since right. Mike Mussina. I mean, yeah, and from the organization up from up through the ranks. Yeah. And that, and, and I mean, you could say, you could say Adam Jones, but Adam Jones, and I love Adam Jones, but Adam Jones is probably at his ceiling right now. And it's a great ceiling, but Manny yeah. is also Adam Jones came over man. and came over in triple A trade. True. True. Manny, yeah. Manny's worked his way up. Yeah, we drafted. That's what I love about it. It, it. He's actually worked. The system is working and working in his favor. Yeah. <laughs> go system, go. Yeah. <laughs> Do more it of that, please. Very often, but you know, <laughs> he's been with the Orioles organization since he got drafted, and he's worked his way to where he is. Yeah, and I think in three days he'll have his first legal drink. <laughs> that's sad that's sad or amazing because I have been drinking legal drinks for many years <laughs> and have yet to hit my 38th double uh. um, alright well so the last question we had for you is speaking of uh, players and, and good feelings surrounding the team we're getting close to the trading deadline everybody seems to kind of universally agree that we need to bring in a starting pitcher so let's assume for a second that that's going to happen okay if you had to trade away one of the following players to get that top-tier starting pitcher, who would it be and why? And your options are J.J. Hardy, Jim Johnson, and Nick Markakis. Okay, so when I got this question earlier, my brain started going off, going like crazy, <laughs> because I've touched on this so many times on um, the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been chimed in on um, different podcasts and you know, I've always wanted to be able to throw my three cents in there. I'm like, what am I going to say? Because there's so many different things you can say on this. Yeah. Um, but I'm a firm believer, and I'm sure a lot of my uh, fellow Orioles Nation people will uh, yell at me for this. But <laughs> I'm a firm believer, and our bullpen is awesome. Yeah. Okay. I think our bullpens are one of the best bullpens that there is right now in the game. And... Uh, you know, you got Detroit, who's looking for a closer, yep. saying they need a closer. I'm a firm believer that we do not need a closer. Yeah. Um, we got O'Day. You got Hunter. You know, I'm, all these great people in the bullpen, but we're focusing on so much on Jim Johnson. And, yeah, he's a great closer. But I think with our bullpen, we don't need him. Right. And I think to get that starting, an actual good ace starting pitcher, it'd be beneficial to get rid of Jim Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you give that do you give the ninth place slot mostly to Tommy Hunter in that case? Or do you do bullpen by committee? Just whatever, you know, they think is best at that time. Not yeah. have one set person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think the closer, you know, I think that position is gonna go out the door when um Rivera retires out of New York. Oh, that's hmm. an interest that's an interesting, that's interesting thought. Interesting. You think you think the the end of Mariano Rivera's career is going to be the end of the era yeah. of the save? How can you compare anybody else to him? You can. I mean, he's yeah. you got to give him credit where credit's due and he's that was his job. He made that closing spot what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 
I think with just looking at our team and our bullpen that we don't need that. It's a waste. It's a waste of uh, money. Yep. I mean, as good as a pitcher as Jim Johnson is, but yep, for that one inning, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I really tend to agree with you that I, I think we have to capitalize on the fact. And again, I love Jim Johnson, too. He's another guy who came up through our farm system. He's another guy who we successfully developed to be an elite level performer. Um, but I do think, as you say, that we're in the waning days of the save as a, you know, if, if you'll accept the term, a million dollar statistic. And right. this is one of the last periods in baseball history, I think, where you're going to be able to swing a trade for a very capable performer from another team just based on the fact that you're giving them, uh, you know, big numbers in the SV column. Um, yep. And, you know, Papelbon got paid. Mariano Rivera's obviously gotten paid. Carlos Marmol has gotten paid for a lot of oh, years. Yeah. <laughs> Valverde has been given numerous chances. Kevin Gregg. Yeah. None Back of, closing games right now for yeah. your Chicago Cubs. None of these pitchers, with the exception maybe of Billy Wagner and uh, Trevor Hoffman and Mariano Rivera, were truly, truly elite pitchers. Um, but right now... The league still values saves. And if you can give up something as replaceable as Jim Johnson and get a really good starting pitcher in return, especially the the trade I'd like to see them make is Johnson and Arietta for Garza to the Cubs. Oh, I'm down with that. That sounds that, great. Yeah, see, that's, that's a good trade. Yeah. That's, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. I think, I think, that's, I think that's something we can pull off. The, the Cubs obviously need a closer. Um, because they have just given up <laughs> on the whole Carlos Marmol experiment. They need young pitching. Uh, Arietta is it can def is definitely a reclamation project of the kind that Theo Epstein loves. Uh, and Matt Garza comes to the Orioles and makes a difference right away. And you don't give up something as difficult to replace as JJ Hardy's uh, defense at shortstop first and foremost, but also the bat. And I, you can't trade Nick Markakis. I'll no. I'll. I'll I'll just go drown in the, in the river if you trade Nick Marquez. Yeah, but the, the whole the whole thing is, you really think Showalter is going to get rid of his his closing ace? Right. You yeah. Know how much he likes to stick with his guys and. Yep. Yeah, Showalter and, loves and Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson is his guy for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Lucas Hepner, you can find him at facebook.com slash Orioles Nation official. You can also follow him on Twitter at Lucas Hepner 82. We'll post both of those links at baltimoreonspodcast.com. Lucas, thank you so much for coming on Baltimore Ons tonight. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. This is Alan Smith. And my name is Sam Dingman. And ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to, you can support the stellar work <laughs> that you have heard us do this evening. <laughs> the top-notch journalism and the amazing research that allowed us to land incredible interviews like Dan Duquette. And Lucas Hepner. <laughs> and Lucas Hepner. More, more Lucas Hepner, I would say, than Dan Duquette. From, from what Alan tells me, I, I wasn't here for the Dan Duquette interview. Well, if only we didn't have the leave-it-in rule of all Baltimore's <laughs> episodes, we would just delete that thing and move on. But there, there we go. So this is the kind of top-notch work that we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. And listeners like you 
have made the, the wise decision to go to baltimoreonspodcast.com and click on the link that says sponsor a segment. And, right. and when you sponsor a segment, you can make a, a donation of any size. We appreciate anything you send our way. Um, and, and in return for that, you can, you can write us a message. And we must say your message on the show because That's you have been kind enough to donate to us. Part of the rule. So listener Adam... Uh, sent us a donation this week and and said that we accordingly had to read the following message. And the message is this. I, Sam Dingman, have borrowed awesome, stylish athletic shorts from my good friend and have failed to return them. As a result, my friend will sacrifice a puppy for each week oh, they God. remain missing. I take full responsibility. And that's the end of the message. Well. I wonder who the friend is. <laughs> Uh, can you confirm or deny that you have someone's shorts? I, well, you know, I have been doing a lot of gallivanting lately <laughs> in a bare-legged fashion. Those puppies' blood is on your hands, Sam. Oh, man. I, I gotta think through my list of friends that I've borrowed shorts from. <laughs> Maybe I'll send send Adam a note. See if, see if see he if can he knows. think of any candidates. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's as fitting a note as any to end on, I think, Ugh. this week on Baltimoreans. Thank you very much for tuning in, as always. Uh, of course, you can find all of our episodes at baltimoreonspodcast.com. You can also go to that website, click on Contact Us, and send us an email. Give us a call at 909-RIB-WARS. Leave us a voicemail that we will play on the show. There is literally an infinite number of ways to get in touch with us. There's also facebook.com slash baltimoreons. Indeed, there is. There's also the Twitters. I'm at Smith for our time. That's- He's at Sam Bingham. Indeed. And our very fine guest is at Lucas Hepner, L-U-C-A-S-H-E-P-P-N-E-R-8-2. Or you can make your life simpler and go to Facebook.com slash Orioles Nation Official. See the work that he's doing over there. Speaking of work, uh, there are a number of musicians who wrote songs. <laughs> that, how about that for a transition? Nice. Can we ring the, uh, the segue bell? bell? There we go. <laughs> sounds, sounds a little sweeter than yeah. the Dan Bell. It's... Thank God. <laughs> uh, the theme song is written by Marshall York. The interstitial music is the song Birdland by Weather Report. And the music behind us right now is the song Kicking My Heart Around by the Black Crows. Alan Smith, I've had a very good time doing the show with you as always. Uh, thank you for avoiding the part of the show that was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just make a promise that we'll never have Dan Duquette on again. Ever, ever again. Adieu, adieu.